Bam, we're live. Oh, now I can hear you. Oh, it's because my headphones were on. You're running the show from a coffee shop? Yep. God, you're badass. <laughs> uh, this... Say that again? I said there's a lot of them around here. Uh, oh, where are you? Knoxville still. Are, are you working the Mac next week too? Yeah, I'll be there. Um, I don't know how we're going to do that. I got so much crazy stuff going on. Uh, Greg's coming into town. He's giving some lectures. I was looking at the schedule. I, you guys might have to do it without me. Don't Not be scared. Really step on podcasts without no, long. no, it, it wouldn't be. Ricky, what's up? Good morning, dude. Hey, what's up going on, guys? Is it? Is it? Are you in uh, L.A.? Uh, uh, Vancouver, Washington. Oh, okay, so you're West Coast too. It's early as shit for you too. <laughs> yep, yep. I, I I'm always surprised when people on the West Coast take the podcast at seven a.m. <laughs> yeah, Did, no, I'm usually I'm just drinking coffee and stretching anyway, so. Like, why not jump on and get get a conversation going? Oh, you the man. You the man. I didn't even I, you know when when I scheduled this, I didn't even know you were fighting Jack. Yeah, I think it I mean it kind of all came together quickly the last couple of weeks. So I think it's, right around the time we were scheduling. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, I hope people realize what an amazing fight. That's going to be, I mean, you guys, that's two savages colliding. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're kind of, I feel like we're very similar in the, in the grappling at least and the wall wrestling. Uh, and he's 16 to no, So it'd be nice to uh, put a one on his record for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, are you born in, um, are you born in, uh, in, in Oregon? Um, yeah, actually. Yeah. I was born in Pendleton, Oregon. I've lived in uh, Vancouver, Washington, like my entire life. And where is uh, Pendleton or Pendleton with a D? Uh, Pendleton. Pendleton. Yeah, there's a D in there. Yeah. Uh, uh, where is that? Um. Is it north? Is it? Is it? You're in the south. You're in the south of yeah. Oregon now. But no, no. Uh, yeah. Wait, you're in. Wa- uh, sorry, I'm all confused. You're in. You're in Washington. <laughs> you're in Vancouver, Washington, which is just north of Portland. Yes. This is- very close. I, I train in Portland, so it's like twenty minutes to the gym. Yeah, so just right on the right on the border. And then uh, Pendleton would be another, you know, four hours probably east. Um, in in a in a in a normal town, uh, you could probably like beat up everybody. But in Portland, you could beat up any five guys at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I try well, to. I when go to I, the gym in Portland, that's about it. <laughs> well, I, when I think of Portland, I, I spent a bunch of time there in the last few years, and I watched the, the, one of the greatest towns uh, in in the world just completely take a fucking shit nose dive. What 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 a tragedy! What happened there between the politics and the drug use? But man, it was it was like a place of such creativity, and there were so many like it was where the cool hipsters were. And then over the last couple <laughs> of years, it just fucking went completely woke and drug addicts. It, it, and I'm just and the dudes aren't even dudes there anymore. It's just bizarre. Yeah, it's, I don't know if you see, if you see that, but it's crazy. Know, it's everywhere, man. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's, especially the homeless end up tents and just taking over like plots of land, you know, um, and the place not being able to do stuff about that. So. It's, it's been it's been getting worse and uh, yeah I, I I train in Portland but that's about the only reason I go to Portland. <laughs> do they do they in the gym there? You train at uh, America Top Team there? Yep, under uh, Fabiano Schroeder. 
Oh, and you just got your black belt in December from him. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I got a, I got a picture of that. Do you see that, Caleb? If not, I can pull it up, too. Yeah, that's awesome. How long were you working to get that? Uh, must have been like a little over 11 years. So it's been – I never even really thought – thought about the you know they say not to think about the belts or whatever and i wasn't i was just you know doing mma and doing jujitsu you know i love it but you know then the belted ceremonies would come up every year or so or whatever is and i don't know you see people getting their black belt and you're like damn that'd be a crazy moment after all this work you know and it kind of was it was it was great to get it my black belt from coach fabiano we're super close and it, it, was, it was a good moment for sure let's see i got it here And and do you even know? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't know. I I, I um, had like a, one more degree to go on my brown belt, so I thought I was going to get that, and then maybe you know in a year or so get the black belt. So I was I was a little surprised. And and, and do you and do you talk to him afterwards? Oh shit, I'm all over this. Do you talk to him <laughs> afterwards? My only fans. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and, and what what does he say anything to you? Words of encouragement, tell you how great you are. How does that play out? Um, I think I think specifically that night. I mean, it was just you know congratulations and stuff like that. And um, you know, uh, you got to come in here and wear the gi more often too. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> those it, are the conversations. Because um, you do, you're just almost strictly no gi. Uh, well, for especially training for fights and stuff, when you got you know three workouts a day, it's just hard to uh, add that in, add in you know gi a couple times a week or or whatever. But you know, it's definitely you know beneficial. It's always you know it's it's part of it. It's fun. Uh, why why even wear gi? I've only been following this. I've been following uh, UFC just you know dedicating every Saturday to it for fucking seven years, right? And then about three or four years ago, my boys got into jujitsu. I have two five year olds and a seven year old, and and then I started getting into like the, the all the um uh, the Nicky Rodriguez and his brother and and Gordon Ryan and sort of like watching all that stuff on Flow, and it just seems like everything is going more and more towards no gi. Yeah, it does. It does. It seems to be more popular for sure. And does isn't it more I, functional? I it more. <laughs> yeah, I think so. They they like to you know say like you're not always just going to be wearing like, you know like the minimum clothes. Like if you're going to get like in a street fight or something, they're going to be wearing sweatshirts and and jackets and stuff like that. So you know you're going to have more more to grab on to. But I mean, I definitely prefer it, <laughs> especially for what we're doing. You know. Yeah, there's no sweatshirts or jackets in uh, at your day job. Yeah, yeah. Never. Just bo- just booty shorts. <laughs> yeah, finding our underwear. That's about it. <laughs> uh, this is my uh, work outfit, Mom. Can you wash this? Just a fucking bikini. Um, <laughs> you're and and he says. So why would a nineteen and three who has twenty two professional fights go to a belt ceremony aren't you too big time for that shouldn't you they've called your name ricky simone <laughs> your black belt and you're like you're signing an autograph somewhere uh, not quite like that not not in my gym at least i don't know you don't get that kind of you don't get that kind of pull but you know it's, it, i mean it's good I mean, we're definitely like a family over there so i mean i i, I want to be there definitely not too big time for something like that i want to see the guys you know get rewarded for their for their hard work yeah that's cool shit uh, so you're born in Pendleton and 
you uh, tell tell me about that. You got you you're, you're born with mom and dad at home. How many siblings? All that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, just we weren't living in Pendleton at the time. It was just I think the closest hospital. But we li- we were living in Milton Freewater, Oregon, just a small town, probably like thirty minutes out from Pendleton. Um, grew up with three other brothers. Um, yeah, I mean, we all wrestled, beat each other up every day. We're all pretty like close in age as well, so. I had plenty of wrestling partners and sparring partners growing up. I kind of felt like, <laughs> yeah, those are those ugly guys right there. Which one uh, are you? I am. <laughs> I am on the left. With the black shirt? Yeah, yeah, with that nice button up. Are you the oldest? <laughs> I am the second oldest. Which dude's the oldest? The dude next to you just in the, uh, like with the 49er jersey or something? No, the, in the middle, the top middle. He go, it was him, and then me, and then the far right in the jersey, and the bottom uh, one. And so, what is that age spread right there? Seems like every two years or so. <laughs> wow. My brother, me, yeah, every, about every two years. Same mom and dad? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And are, are your parents still together? No, they're not. They, they separated when I was in high school, and my mom – had two more kids, another boy, and then she got a girl the very last attempt. <laughs> so so there's six of you all together. Yep. Holy cow. Um and are are you close to the are are you four pretty close? Yeah, I would say so. Pretty pretty close. Always hanging out. Usually our tra- still get some training in together as well. All all four of you dudes fucking scrap? Yeah, they don't uh, really compete. The youngest one will compete in jiu-jitsu, but we just mostly just train. And uh, we got like a, a gym in one of, in my older brother's garage. And on Sundays, uh, we'll go out and get get a, get some training sessions in, work out some positions that maybe um, someone was running into during the week. I have another cousin who's a professional fighter as well, so he comes over and we all just kind of work. No shit. So you could, so before a fight, you could go over there. You could call the boys over, go over and be like, Hey, um, like I heard that, uh, um, I don't know how true this is, but it seems like it's the the truth. I heard Volkanovsky went over to B team and they were just fucking sinking in, um, guillotines as deep as they could go taking turns on them and then starting the match there so that he could deal with brian ortega so you could do that with your you got five guys so you could just call up meet me at the fucking garage put me in this position and and i'm gonna work out of it and they'll just their game oh yeah they're always game yeah that's why i mean during like the, the early stages of the pandemic i would run like jog over to my brother's house a few miles and they'd be they'd be ready and i'd like have them you know wrestle me in certain positions or even like spar me like <laughs> for more for fun for me but <laughs> so yeah they, i mean uh, always good always good work with those guys um you, you don't have you don't have any kids yet huh no no kids for me not yet well um you, you have no fucking i have three boys you have no fucking idea how amazing your mom is <laughs> you have no, dude you guys must have wrecked shop in the house i think about that all the time um yeah, we were we were crazy breaking breaking everything, putting holes in everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely as I as I got I've gotten older, I feel, I feel bad for my parents what we put them through for sure. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> ate everything. You guys wrecked shop. You guys, I, yeah. I mean, if my kids aren't outside, something bad's happening. If they're inside, like they're like taking apart like something. You know what I mean? They're outside. Yeah. They're like take. They're take. Like they're trying to like see who can throw a rock at the side of the car as hard as they can. I'm like, wow, who who came up with that game? 
you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a common phrase in our household. Like just go outside, <laughs> go, go outside. Um, and, uh, at, at a very young age, you started wrestling. Yeah. Probably sometime, sometime in elementary school, probably around when I like eight or nine or something like that. Whose idea was that? Um, I had a buddy doing it and I loved WWF at the time. And I thought that might be some WWF wrestling and my dad took me to the practice and it was way harder than that. And it wasn't the same thing, but I loved it. I, and I was good at it right away. I was a little chubby boy and I was still able to like double like people and pick them up and pin them. <laughs> Here you are at 13 at 135 pounds. And now you're tw- 16, 16 years later. You are yeah. fighting at the very highest level that can fight on planet Earth at the same weight. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, like I said, I was a, <laughs> I was a chubby boy. But, yeah, yeah, it's I think about that. I'm like, damn, I've been in the same weight class forever. <laughs> um, Did you eat like shit? Is that why you were chubby? I uh, Growing up in a Mexican household, probably. All the tortillas and everything like that. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I ate like shit. Uh, um, both your mom and dad are Mexican? Uh, just my dad. Just my dad. My dad's from Mexico. My mom was from the Idaho area. So you're you're first generation on your dad's side. Mm-hmm. Did your dad grind? Did he work his ass off? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was talking about it. That's how that's how I learned how to work hard for sure. Oh, what do you remember about that? What did he do? What were his hours? Oh, they were always changing. I, I remember that. And you know, it could be I remember he would switch his hours, like um, depending on what which season we were in for sports, you know. And, and he wanted to make it to all our stuff, and he usually did. So he'd be working swing shift or graveyard and some crazy hours for sure. And doing what? Um, he worked for a um, well. When I was younger, he'd go to Alaska and work on the uh, fishing boats. Oh shit! Yeah, and then um, then he landed a job over here in Vancouver, Washington um for like um a paving company um and like asphalt and gravel and and then he became started becoming like a diesel mechanic and that's kind of like what he's been doing for like for forever now can you imagine the stress and the pressure on your dad with four boys and a wife at home i mean it's nuts and they were young too they had they had they popped out four kids early 20s so like i think about that all the time i'm in my late 20s i don't have one yet i'm like dang you guys are you guys took it all on right away (laughs) you know um i I, i've been thinking about this more and more like like a lot of people say like hey man you can't have people running for office who are 75 years old like this is just fucked up we get there you know you can't be president until you're 35 but there should be some rule like you you can't be president if you're 80 or, or whatever but another thing i think about all the time like if you don't have kids like th- th- there's a there's a part of you that just doesn't doesn't see the world right yet like when like yeah, it's, it's hard to explain but once you have kids it, there's there's a whole shift i mean he wasn't he he sure as fuck wasn't going to go to alaska and fish that shit if it wasn't for you for i mean you know what i mean that's like all for you guys right oh yeah for sure huh yeah it's nuts yeah. Um, is he? Does he trip on how far you've taken it? What's What's your dad say about about that you're a professional athlete at, at the at this in this crazy sport? Yeah, I mean he's he's probably the reason why I got into. It. I mean 
he would rent like Pride and the early UFCs on uh, VHS uh, from wherever he could get them. You know, he'd buy them, rent them, uh, and then we would just watch them all the time. I'd watch, um, you know, the tournaments and just be like hours of fights. And, you know, I, my older brother and my dad loved it. And I just thought these guys were kind of a little crazy. But as I got older, I definitely like kind of, you know, I got better at wrestling and, I, you know, I loved to fight and then started training right after high school. And my dad was always super supportive. He was like, he always thought I could like, you know, make it. And I, you know, I, I didn't have that kind of confidence, especially when I was that young. I was like, I'm not even sure, like, if, you know, if I'm going to go pro and this and that. And he was always like, you know, you definitely should. You definitely should do this. Keep going. You know, and he, he'd always be like, yeah, you're going to make it, I think. And yeah, that was always super like nice to have like coming from my dad because, you know, you got, you got people especially like this is not an easy sport to come up in telling you, Hey, you should probably, you know, go back to school or you should probably, you know, go, go do this instead. You should probably stop, stop playing around with this, this sport. You're not going nowhere with it. You know, I have plenty of people kind of tell me that because of where MMA was, but never from my dad. You, you are a, a, a beautiful young man with a fucking insane record and, <laughs> and you're in the very top of the league and it, it 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 doesn't look easy. I mean, you are a very special looking character. I was digging through your Instagram. I mean, like you could fucking be in movies. I mean, you look like uh like you fell out of some fucking uh Native American warrior movie in some of these pictures with your fucking yeah. mullet. It's fucking nuts. Oh, I want to I want to come back to that uh, uh, confidence. I, I took a note here because I want to ask you, but go ahead, pull that up, Caleb. I want to ask him about that that picture right there. Do you have um? Are, are you gifted genetically? Do you have abnormal uh, wingspan? Look look at how long from your shoulder to your elbow and then your elbow to your fingertips. It's like you have the torso of a um of like a dude who's six three on a dude yeah, who's five five. How how tall are you? Um I like probably like five six on a good day. Okay. Don't say five five. Give me that one inch. Five six. Man. Okay, I'm five five. So yeah. five you're five six. Uh, you're a giant. At some point, I just stopped like growing this way, and I just started kept growing this way. <laughs> I, I mean, look how broad you are. Yeah. You're like a flying squirrel. Uh, do you know what your yeah. wingspan is? Uh, seventy inches. Go back. The UFC gets me a sixty-nine to seventy inches. Okay, but. so, so, so that's you. So you do have the wingspan of a guy who's five ten. Yeah, I think this is like the way my me and all my brothers are kind of built my dad's very like that short and just his shoulders are super stocky <laughs> yeah crazy um caleb can you pull up any pictures of him like just where it's just him and his mullet and he just looks fierce like he looks like he should have a spear in his hand and on a horse has it pe people tell you that all the time right that you look native yeah yeah yes yeah, <laughs> i get that often yeah you have such a great look hey what's the most it's you've the ever mullet. weighed in your life um, I think after my, uh, first UFC fight, uh, like a week later, I was like 178 pounds. You never broke, you never <laughs> cracked 200. No, never cracked 200. No, but definitely close, close like about 180. Do you start freaking out when you get that heavy? Uh, yeah, well, that was like young, like younger in my career for sure. Like I, I'm good at keeping it, keeping it, um, lower for sure these days, living a healthier li lifestyle and, um trying to blue balloon up so much but it, it's not easy making 135 pounds for sure but with the height height disadvantage at, at in these like uh in the ufc especially when all these guys are so good and know how to use that reach 
um, that I just feel like 135 is the best weight class for me. But it's not easy to make. It's not fun to make. Um, but, you know, we're, we're spoiled now with the UFC. Like, they give us nutritionists and send us out food and fight week. They cook all our food for us and everything. So it's, it's been easier these days. Could could uh, could trifecta make me like, – I'm 5'5", 165. I work out every day. Could trifecta make me one thirty five? I would love to fucking get a, see what what I look like like that, like this. Well, I think what you could do first is what they when someone's thinking about going to a new weight class or something, the UFC will put you in like one of their DECA scans or they and they'll weigh your like muscular skeleton and see which what weight you should be fighting in, and then you'll take the you know you'll have the right diet. They'll plan you up to get get you down to the lowest possible weight before you do a water cut. I can't just um I can't just uh uh call Trifecta or go to their website and say I want the Ricky Simone uh diet. I want the Ricky Simone body. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's specific for me and I'm not sharing the secret. Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so literally the the weeks leading up so so it, it I think in there you say you went from uh I wrote it down like 168 to 135 in 6 weeks. Is that correct? That that sounds like sounds like me being a fat boy, yeah. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. You go from one sixty, thank you, Caleb, from one sixty to one thirty four point eight in uh, seven weeks. So they, you don't have to do shit. You just stay on your tr- training regiment, and they ju- they just send you boxes of food, and that's what you eat. Yeah, for the most part, and I like I like uh, you know sometimes fresh food, and sometimes it can get boring um, eating the same meals that get sent over, you know. Um, dry frozen or whatever um so i'll cook or add or substitute a carb or add a protein or or whatever how for whatever practice i'm going to so but yeah that's that's usually that's usually the case and uh, they make it way easier on us (laughs) yeah that that's awesome that must take a lot of stress off what do you think when guys don't make weight like do you see do you have compassion for it or are you like yeah i can see how that happens are you like fuck you um or it's both. definitely annoying it, i mean kind of kind of both kind of both i've never missed weight in in wrestling or in um in my fighting career so um, i definitely think there's like no excuse for it but i mean people are pushing the limits they're cutting a bunch of weight it's just weird when they miss by like several pounds you know like the one pound the one and a half pounds i was like yeah i've been there where you think like i can't sweat anymore you know but like when you're coming, like some of these guys come in missing four pounds, five pounds plus. It's like, man, you should be heavily fined. And, and and like, what's the percentage of these guys that miss weight like that and win? I think it's pretty high. So it's definitely. Oh, um, that would be an interesting stat. Yeah. And and it's uh, it took and this is the kind of stupid things that like took me five years or seven years to learn. I'd be like, what's the big deal if he weighs a couple pounds more? But the big deal is, is that he didn't have to go through the struggle and do the damage to himself to lose the weight, right? It's not necessarily yeah. that he's heavier. It's that he didn't put the strain on his body to lose the weight, right? Yeah, that's definitely part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're going to be, you know, they, they didn't suffer that extra. Sometimes that the extra four pounds it takes people different different times to get it off or whatever so someone might have been struggling for two hours trying to get that last little bit off while the other person just decided to show up on the scales overweight 
I don't think a lot of people realize, I know I didn't realize until I started talking to more and more UFC fighters, that also like there becomes a point like where Oliveira was, where you're 155.5, and I can't imagine this, but but I, but I believe it, that you can go in the sauna, fucking jump rope, and you still won't break a sweat. I mean, I break a sweat getting out of bed and walking over to the coffee maker, but I guess you guys get so fucking dehydrated that not a drop will come out. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I've, I've never really gotten to that point where, like, no sweat would come out, but it took a long time. <laughs> it took a long time to start to sweat, you know. You'll be in, you'll be in the sauna, like, or doing whatever, cooking for, for too long, trying to, trying to get that sweat going. But, yeah, it's tough. It is tough, especially if you don't – if you miscalculate the weight during camp or maybe you ate too much the, the week before and your weight's higher or the travel messed something up. So a lot of kind of goes into it, especially fight week. Um, if you think, I, I don't know the exact details, but if you think about what happened to Oliveira, right? He, he, the psychological implications too. So he misses weight and he has the title stripped from him. So I think right there, maybe he like loses like 30% of his purse, right? Yeah, I think, I think yeah, usually it, it starts at 20% and then depending on how much it, it can go up from there. And then, and then maybe he lost supposedly from just what the 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 dumb shit that I know. Only the champs get part of the pay per view. So then he lost that. Oh, did he really? I don't know. I was speculating, but Ooh. then you know, for the next fight when he fights the title, he probably is not going to get. I mean, he probably lost millions of dollars because of that, or at least at least close, Ooh. right? I heard. Man, that's and, why. That's why you don't ever see me missing weight. I, I'm too stingy with my money. <laughs> <laughs> Are you good with your money? Uh, try to be for sure. Try to be. I just purchased a uh, a house right now. Good so, on you. <laughs> yeah, been been dealing with that last last couple of weeks and and stuff like that. But it's definitely a learning curve when you're when you're in this kind of profession for sure. Um, what what interest rate did you get? Do you know? Um, like five point six, I believe. Holy fuck, dude! Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's just crazy. It's just crazy how it's um. If just a couple of years ago or a year ago, it was like two two point eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm uh, kicking myself. <laughs> like I was waiting too long. I was like, I don't know. It seems kind of like a crazy time to buy a house. Yeah, it is a crazy you time. Know, but, but I guess I was just ready to make the move. I guess. Yeah, I think it's smart. I think it's smart. Either way, I think it's smart. It's good because that's the money that um that you're not going to spend that money. You know what I mean? Now every, I just think of mortgage payments as saving money. I like to hear that. <laughs> did, did, um, uh, are you married? Yes, I am. Yeah. It, it, did, did she do all the, does she do all the adult stuff? Like, do you just be like, okay, I want that house. And then she does all the paperwork and all that stuff. Um, yeah, basically. I'd like to say. Oh, good. That, that's how that. Yeah, that's so good. You don't have time for that shit. Like they they bring this whole stack of papers and they're like, you have to sign every sheet. I'm like, honey, can you just talk to this dude and do all this? She's like, okay. Yeah, yeah my my brother in law is a uh, a lender, so we we uh, we went through him and they just made it so easy on me. And I have a sponsor, uh, Graham Gentry, who's a real estate agent. So between those, those three, they just killed it. And I just got to train and, and help move. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I saw that you threatened that, uh, he, he was threatened with a, a left hook or something. If he didn't get the find, find you <laughs> yeah. the right house. Yeah. I was ready to hit him in the body for sure. 
Uh, and, and you know what? That makes sense too, because I'm hearing a lot of people in my area getting over 6%. So it sounds like they got you a good interest rate relative to how fucked up everything is right now. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, when did you realize, uh, you said when you were younger, you didn't have the confidence you have now. Can you tell me what the definition of confidence is in how you either cultivate it or how it grows or, you know, when I was a kid, I always heard the word focus and I still, it wasn't until I was in my twenties that I was like, oh shit, that's what focus means. Like people be like, focus, focus, but I never thought what it meant. I'm guessing confidence yeah. is kind of like one of those words too. Like you don't realize that you lack confidence until one day you get a little, like you're like 17. You're like, mm. fuck, I'm, I'm con Oh shit. I didn't realize how insecure I was. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think I was always like confident in my abilities and like in my pre preparation, but I just never really, I, I kind of, cause there was no, there's no blueprint on how to make it to, uh, to the UFC at the time, especially it seemed that way. So I just didn't like think, that it would, you know, that I would be able to make it to the UFC. It seemed so prestigious at the time for sure. But, but, uh, I mean, I had, I had a really good amateur career and it was kind of a quick one and then went pro and I was just kind of like, um, you know, building up that experience in the cage. And I think with that, and then I was putting the right team around me. So I got the confidence from the experience and then I got the confidence from the preparation. And then after that, I mean, I, I and I've, you know, I've, won plenty of fights and then i've lost some fights and so i've kind of felt like i've dealt with with it all at, at, you know as far as you know winning and losing and you know i've lost i've lost some big fights and i won some big fights so i'm just at a point in my in my career and in my life where i'm i'm so confident in my abilities and and, and like i said in the preparation and and um i have the experience of this go around especially on the come up uh in the ranking so i don't know i just i feel i feel very comfortable very uh, confident lately. I mean, even as a young man, as a, as a 13 year old uh, wrestler, um, when you stepped up against someone, did you know you were going to win or what was the mindset? Um, no, I never like, knew I was going to win, but like, um, I would be, I was very, I've always been kind of like, so for college. I was very like, I was school and middle school. I lost very few matches in wrestling, and it's my main sport. Um, so, but even even with even with it, uh, especially like me, but it's mostly you the outcomes, and uh, and I'm just I'm, oh, you're breaking up pretty bad. Could you? No, I can't. I can bet you sound like a real, you turn into a transformer. Uh oh. Did we lose you? Someone's on the roof fucking with the antenna. Yikes. I hear you five. <laughs> uh, uh, when, when, when you go into the ring with the U at, at the UFC, um, can you have what, can you only enter with the ideal mindset? Like, like if you go in there, can there be any doubt or, or, or may, maybe I don't even know what I'm talking about. Maybe you always enter with all doubt and that's what makes you fucking go nuts in there. But what's it like? What's it? What is that? And does, is it changing from second to second until you guys collide? Oh yeah. I think there's, for, for me, I, 
I don't get too nervous until like I'm right about to walk out and I'll be like a, a few moments where I'm just waiting in the back and there's a bunch of like um, the, is it B-roll or whatever the interviews are rolling, the highlights are rolling and they were just bouncing in the back curtain. And I'm just like, hey, I'd like to make this walk now <laughs> instead of waiting another five minutes, you know? Uh, but then once you, once I start the, the walk out and then get in the cage, then it's like the nerves kind of subside. And, and, and are you, are you like, you're ready to fight? Like as you're coming out there, you're ready to just start throwing punches. It's like, you're ready. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm ready to, uh, I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel focused and I'm ready to, we have a game plan and, you know, and, and, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like I'm in the zone and that's how I, especially in that last fight, I felt, I felt like probably the 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 best I have have ever felt in there, as far as like um, you know, the, like the training leading up to the fight, and then just how fight week, how easy fight week went for me. Um, you know, I think I, I've done it enough times, especially in the UFC. Now my next, this next one will be my tenth UFC fight, so I think I'm just getting uh, more comfortable with the walk. It's a it's a crazy card you're on too. The uh, the main event is Yair and Ortega. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy one. I mean, that's gonna be hard to beat that, th- those guys out for a fight of the night. Um, for them, there's. I mean, I, I I guess I talk about this with almost all the fighters I've had on. It's a trippy sport because, well, for a bunch of reasons, but every fight is a Super Bowl. There are no. <laughs> it's not like the NBA or, or MLB where you can lose a game. You you really cannot lose. There's no homeostasis. There's if you lose, it's a big step back. I mean, you can just look at all the fights you have. You should be a fucking, you know, t- a top five fighter. That uh, who a uh, Marab or Gilashvili or whatever that guy's name is. You beat him and he's higher than you. But it's just, it's you're a victim of circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 your loss is to Rob Font, who's arguably one of the best in the division, easily. Um, it, the the pressure must be enormous, right? Like you have to win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it definitely feels that way at times. Um, but yeah, you gave that guy his only loss. Holy shit! No, no, no. He's oh no. Okay, he's seven and three. Yeah. He, and cl- click his name. Where is he ranked now? Uh, Caleb Marab. Click Marab's name. Sorry, you were gonna say what, uh, Ricky? It's definitely what. Oh, well, I think Marab's been like on a seven fight win streak since our fight. And, uh, um, I thought that was a fight that might be next before I got this Jack Shore fight. I thought they wanted to run that one back. Um, I think he was ranked, I think he's ranked currently like maybe sixth unless some, something's moved around, but, but, um, I don't know what ended up happening to that. I, I don't think he ever got offered it. Um, and, uh, now I got this, uh, Jack Shore fight, but. I mean, uh, equally as excited. I get to, you know, pay the same either way. So um, I just need to go make a statement against this sixteen and zero cat, and then I'll, I think I'll get get the push that I, that I deserve. He's an English guy, right? As a Welshman. Welshman, okay. Um, was there was there a certain age um, that you realized that um, you were tough? Do you, that you're like, okay, I'm, I can, I'm okay getting hit in the face. Like that you accept that? Um, <laughs> we fought all the time growing up, so uh, I never knew that. I didn't mind getting like hit in the face, like fighting or boxing, whatever. 
But uh, I realized that like later on when when I started seeing some of my other friends throw on the boxing gloves and they would be scared to get hit or, you know, they didn't want it. Then some of them, you know, a lot of luckies don't even want to fight, you know, but I right. always wanted to fight. I always wanted to hit somebody. I didn't mind getting hit. Yeah. Um, my sister and I uh, wrestled a lot, but, but we kind of had a, we, there was an unspoken rule, no face punches, but you're right. My boys will just punch, just walk up and punch each other in the face. There's no rules. Yeah, yeah. Kick someone in the back. That, huh? it's, it's, yeah, kick someone in the back. Like even if you're not mad at them, like someone's like just like in the toy room, you just walk by and just kick them in the back, and then it's just on. Yeah, how can I push this guy's buttons? Yeah. <laughs> uh, are, are are kids in are kids in the um in the, in the future for you? Is it something like you're thinking about? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, my my wife has a good job and I feel like we're in a good place. I don't know. I think uh, for the longest time we were just two, both very focused on our uh, careers and, um, and, you know, wanting to travel and, and stuff like that. But I think uh, that's definitely a possibility in the future. Does she have concerns about your job, about you getting hurt? And if she, uh, well, do you I mean, think she does, and she just push, do you think she just hides them, just pushes them down? Um, I don't know. I think, I think, um, she's, she's been around like the entire time I've, I've been trying this. So, uh, I think there's been waves of it, you know, some good, you know, like, you know, but I think luckily I've had a lot of success in, in the sport so far. And, um, I've been able to avoid major injuries. The UFC takes great care of me. I've got some stem cells in my shoulders and, um, the physical therapy team at the performances too is great. Heather Linden and Bobby and Tara and all, all of them uh, do a great job of taking care of us. So um, I don't know. I, I think, um, yeah, obviously she's worried about like, you know, major injuries and me getting hurt and stuff like that. But she knows that I take my recovery super seriously and that I'm in good hands. So, um, you know, it's a sport at the end of the day and I'm, I love to go compete. It, 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 it takes a, a, a special mate. Um, it, it sh- because you have a your time commitment too, right? I mean, you're putting your life on the line every time you go in there, and so your commitment to to succeeding has to be before everything else. And you, I guess, you have to have a really kind of a drama free, understanding mate, right, to succeed in this sport. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And I, I I see it on um and, and like a lot of other fighters are they might get you know they might match up with someone who who doesn't like what they're doing or doesn't like how much they're missing, you know, whatever quality time at home or whatever, but we got, we got to be at practice no matter the day, no matter the holiday or whatever, you know? So I've, I've missed plenty of holidays throughout the years, but you know, it's never been, she, she knows why I'm doing it. Yeah. That's awesome. You're stoked. You're, 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 you're really, really stoked. Um, why, why are you staying up there? Um, you, I'm assuming you bought a house near where you train. Have you thought about moving like Florida, Southern California, somewhere warmer, Texas? Why are you staying up there? Family? Yeah. Did you hear me? Sorry. Oops. Sorry. Yeah, why, yeah, why are you staying up there? Why, why, a little bit. Why, why haven't you moved out of there? Why are you staying up there? There's so many, there's so many great places to do fighting, warmer conditions. Why are you staying? And you just bought a house there. So you're kind of like doubling down on your commitment to the area. Yeah. Yeah. I was close. I think I was going to, I was planning on moving to Vegas um, just to be closer to the PI. 
Um, but you know, I got all my family out here. Um, and I got great training partners out here as well. And a great team out here. We have the America top team Portland. I feel like is the best team in the area. And, and, um, you know, I have everything I need there and I, I've done a great job at, um, traveling and training in orange County at team, team Oyama's. And I, and I've been doing that like every month, every other month. Um, so I don't know. I think it just came down to, um, I love, I love, um, the area I've, you know, I grew up here and, um, just, just mostly family. I think we wanted to be close to family. My wife's family's here. My family's here. Um, so I think we're just so family oriented. It was hard for us to, to leave, but we do, we do plenty of traveling and, uh, maybe, uh, an, another spot somewhere else in, in the future would be, would be, you know, would be great too. And, and, and your record is so good. It, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, and you've been so successful. It's, it's, I was just thinking about you moving to Vegas. It would be all new training partners, whole new scene. And if something came unfucked, it could, it could, it could like get in your head, right? Like, Oh shit, what did I do? Yeah, I'm a little bit, I, um, I, I train in Vegas all the time. I, I'm, oh. my cousin is, my cousin is Vince Morales. Uh, he's a UFC bantamweight. Uh, he lives out there. He trains with syndicate. So, uh, whenever I go to Vegas, I usually just I'll I'll stay with him at his house, and we'll get we'll get great training at the Performance Institute and at Syndicate under John Wood. They have a great program over there, so I feel comfortable going over there. That's why I felt like I almost wanted to make the move, but <laughs> couldn't do it. Yeah, and you have the best of both worlds because I guess you could just go there anytime, right? What are the chances of you guys running into that's each how, other? That's how I figure it. What are the chances of you and Vince running into each uh, other? Uh, we always we always joke about that, but I don't think I, I don't think uh, I would ever want that to happen. We're you know my cousin and I are super close too, but unless it was for like a belt or something, we're making some stupid money, um, then uh, then that would be that would be it's, quite the uh, storyline, I think. But yeah, so it's avoid it's it's avoidable unless it get unless you guys have to both. There's only one seat at the top unless it gets to that. Yeah, I think so. I think there's plenty of uh, of matchups, and um, we're managed both under uh, Radium Sports Agency and Jason House, so I, I doubt something like that would pop up. Hey, uh, <clears throat> that video of you fighting, I think it's for the LFA Championships, and, and Herzog grabs you, and you kind of like wiggle wiggle out of there. <clears throat> did you guys, did you and him talk about that afterwards? Um, not, not really talk about it. I messaged him up, and Told him it was nothing against him. I was just, you know, emotions were high for me, uh, especially where I was at in my career, and and um, you know, yeah, just emotions were very high for me, and uh, it, I didn't do anything, you know, intentionally malicious no. towards him. It was just right. in the in, in in that moment and in that mm. level of competition and where 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 we were at and what was on the line. I think I think kind of got to me a little bit, and uh, I was feeling it was legit that I. Yeah, yeah, it was. Oh wait, why were you a little salty? Sorry, say that again. <clears throat> uh, just because I wasn't, I you know, I I wasn't signed to the UFC yet. You know, I, I thought I kept. I was kind of like touted as like the top prospect unsigned at, at, at the weight class, and um, I fought in contender series, and I didn't get signed. I won, and I didn't get signed. And then I fought Chico Camus for the belt, LFA world title, and I beat him in a five round title, and. He hadn't lost since he lost to Henry Cejudo. He was on a good win streak outside wow. the UFC, and then I and then I still didn't get signed. And so you know, and I and I'm, at that point, you know, I I've been fighting for quite a while, and 
Um, you know, bills are, you know, stacking up a little bit because everything I had was going into into fighting and I'm working part time. And, you know, it, it was just it was just a lot. And I was like, I feel like if I put my energy in anything else like this much, I would be, you know, killing it. And I just wasn't um, I wasn't a, um, loving the journey at the time. I wasn't appreciating it at the time, for sure. And I was just ready to. You know, I, I feel like I could have had been competing in the UFC before that and making making good money. So I think that's why I was like, it's my time. Is uh, you know, I get this win, it's gonna happen. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I almost thought about calling a quiz, but it didn't happen after that fight. Really? So, um, yeah, I, I, I did. I did. You didn't. You didn't. Uh, it's it's not like you pushed him. He just grabbed you from the back and you kind of just wiggled out. It, it, it was definitely nothing. It, it's pretty obvious that it was it was a heat of the moment thing. When you when you said to him, "Hey, no hard feelings. Uh, sorry," did, did he respond to you like, "Hey, it's cool. I get it." Yeah, yeah. Herzog is is a cool cool dude, and and I, I've had the chance to I run into him at UFC events and and uh, in the back and stuff like that. And he's always been super cool guy. Always gives me knuckles, you know. So. Uh, it's nice to see a ref it's nice to see a ref out there who doesn't look like a fat pile of shit who drinks uh uh eight days of the week so so i i i I got mad respect for that handsome young man uh uh, also on that same note and you know you've probably talked about it ad nauseum um Michael Bisbing said something about you beating a ranked opponent and you, and you very nicely said, you know, it's not your first ranked opponent. And then later on, he commented on it. I thought it was cool later on that he commented upon it, but he totally misread you. Like, well, you tell me like either, either he has brain damage and, or he's an egomaniac or it was just too loud in there. And he completely misunderstood you because I sense no dick from you. Was there any dick? Yeah. Were you trying to be a dick? <laughs> Uh, no, I wasn't. I definitely wasn't trying to. I just yeah. Uh, no, it's I mean, fine. I didn't, mean, I, mean, I didn't mean to come off that way, but and you uh, did not come off that way. He either misunderstood or he's an egomaniac or brain damage. Those are the three. And I like yeah. the guy, but yeah. And I, I guess like when he said I hadn't beat a ranked opponent before, I was like, I, I was ranked top fifteen a couple of years ago. I beat Ronnie Yaya. He's a legend of the sport, and he was ranked at the time on a big win streak. So in my head, I was kind of like, I don't. I, I want to. You know, I want my accolades to kind of like be able to speak for themselves. But if you're like misrepresenting them, then I'm going to correct you. <laughs> it was no different than he said, well, it's not raining. Let's go outside. And you went, Oh no, it's starting to rain. It was just like that. It was that chill. You were just yeah. like, well, how dare you correct me in front of anyway? He's a good, he seems like a good dude, but, but for, for it, it is always fun. Um, I think, uh, what what did Barnum and Bailey say? Like any, any media is good media or whatever. One of those, like, Fuck it! I think it was good for you that he talked some shit to you. Yeah, and we—I think we tweeted at each other like later on uh, when like some articles started coming out. And I think we're—I think we're cool. We'll see you next fight week, I guess. <laughs> you should tweet him. I'm going to beat your ass when I see you. Just just for a little bit more. Uh... <laughs> you try to get me in trouble. That's what you try to do. Seven. <laughs> is there a? Is there a? Um... Is there a is there like a holy shit I uh, position holy shit I can't believe I have this in the UFC like whenever I see someone get someone in a crucifix like I always fucking get all like I'm at home and I'm just like holy fuck I can't believe this is happening to no matter even if I want the guy to lose I'm not happy for anyone I could hate you and if someone has you in a crucifix I feel horrible for you is that position that bad or is there a position that you get someone in and you're like oh this sucks for this dude. Yeah, I mean that's that. There's like a couple of positions like the crucifix that 
like you don't you don't want to be in that position and i've even been in that position earlier on in my career i put someone in that position i'm elbowing them and like at first split second i'm like man this is <laughs> this kind of messed up yeah, it's 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 like um like one of those positions you get your brother and when you're sitting on his chest and his arms are trapped and like you're tapping on his chest and like you're like, well fuck, I own you. <laughs> I mean, I'm just completely uh, yeah. do do you train from that position ever? Like hey, put me in a crucifix. Like like is that one of those ones that you have to like consciously like work on to get out of some to make sure it never happens to you? Yeah, of course. It's something that we would train to put people in, and then also we're like, all right, if we get put in this, what are the best routes of you know to escape it without taking so much damage? Because it looks like, um, you know, who who big country Roy Nelson was like so good at doing that. Like, or <laughs> I seem like back in the day, he would take guys down, crucifix them, and then he would just like pop shot them, and he would like count out loud for the ref to hear how many punches he lands, and no so the ref shit. Would stop it. Yeah, yeah, he used to do that. He used to even do that in Ultimate Fighter back in the day. No shit. Wow. Yeah, for those of you uh, who can see, uh, I, I've actually, I don't actually ever remember seeing it from underneath like that. The one I always see is, the, I think, the guy's on top. But either way, it's horrible. You see, like, you have both the guy's arms and you can just mash his face. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, who do you think is going to win out of uh, Yair and uh, Ortega? It, it, it's going to be a bad loss for one of them. Ooh. I think, like, like emotionally, it's going to be really tough for one of them, if, whoever loses. Yeah. Hmm. That is a uh, – I think it's a great fight. It's going to be exciting for sure. I think For sure. I think uh, maybe – or I think for some reason I'm leaning towards Ortega. Um, maybe because the grappling, I, I mean – Yair is great, great at the distance, everything, but he does later on in the rounds. Um, they, he starts grappling up a little bit more. I think Ortega will have uh, an advantage there, but I mean, it's going to be a great fight either way. The the thirty five and the forty five class, they're a little scary. The guys in there because everyone can just take such a beating. <laughs> you know, like yeah. like Cater and Holloway. And Rob Font, I mean, the, the, these are guys who, like, we've seen them beaten to a pulp, and they just keep going. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, or, 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 or uh, Chris, I think he got dropped from the UFC, but Chris uh, Montanillo, who Sean O'Malley used his face as a punching bag for fucking three rounds. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that fight? Uh, barely, yeah. He basically just he just he just he just beat his face for th- three rounds and Chris just kept coming forward. I don't think Chris got in one punch, yeah. or maybe maybe in the third round he did. Yeah, I think I think that I don't know. I, I feel like maybe O'Malley just wasn't hitting too hard or something because that kid fought his next fight and got finished in the first round. So right, right, I mean, right, <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe it just depends on the opponent and and the the shots they're hitting him with. You 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 would like to um, beat him up, huh, Mister O'Malley? <laughs> um, I mean, if <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I can't lie. I would I, I would like to, I would like to cruci- crucify him. I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is if when you fight him, is that are you going to put him in a crucifix? Is that what he gets? I definitely feel like I could <laughs> with his with his skinny, lanky body. It would be an easy position to get into. Uh, 
he 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 would probably he would be. I mean, he would definitely be trying to keep his distance from you the entire fight, right? If you got in the ring with him. Oh yeah, I think so. I think so. But I mean, he's he's pretty good at that already. He does a good job at like managing distance and angling uh, with most opponents he's had so far. But I don't think he's fought the same kind of competition that I've I've fought for sure. And you think you could get your hands on him? I definitely, I definitely think that. <laughs> and then, and, that, and that would be uh, bad for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean, it's bad for anyone if you get their hands on him, right? Yeah, I, I mean, especially if I'm able to start like racking up the takedowns and stuff like that. But um, I just, I feel like when he got tested that one time, really, I mean, his biggest test had been Cheeto Vera, and, and and Cheeto, you know kicked his leg off and then elbowed him in the face. So um, I know, but I, I am excited about his next fight with Pedro. Um, he has that. That's a great fight. Pedro, even though he's taken some losses lately, man, he's, he's a hard hitter and it's definitely a great test for O'Malley. So I like to see that he's fighting tougher competition for sure. Um, there was a fight uh, against a guy named Perello, I think that you had, I, I don't, maybe I'm confusing this, but Oh yeah, yeah. It is against Perello. You do a spinning back fist into a double leg. Yeah. Did you practice that or is that just like fucking God working through you in the moment? You just fucking, the shit's just coming together. No, I, I get people like pinned up in that double leg all the time. So what I try to do is throw a spinning back elbow from that. And then um, the double leg after kind of just, I just saw it. But um, that's a position that I worked with Coach Oyama actually with and Alex Perez. I would drill, you know, shooting in on the doubles, spinning off. And uh, I actually landed that elbow and we must have caught it wrong because my elbow was like a balloon the next morning. <laughs> um, it, it must be kind of crazy for a guy. You throw a spinning back elbow at him. Let's say he dodges it. He If he celebrates for even one second and admires his work even for one second, it's too late. He fucking then gets double-legged and the party's over. Uh-huh. That, that pressure's coming. Uh, in, in, in another fight, uh, you did this move that I'd never seen anyone do. Um, you, you're basic, you, you know how guys will throw elbows. I don't even know how you did it. And they'll usually just throw one. You chase the guy across the ring throw and you throw three in a row, like, like jabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the same one I ear did to Korean zombie or something. Right. Or like knocked him out with like a half a second left in the fight. You're coming, you're chasing a guy across the ring like this. I never had, um, do you remember that fight? What I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, it was a Kelleher fight. You're giving away all my my secret elbow. Okay, techniques. sorry, sorry, no, sorry. But I see that shit, and I'm like, like I would never fucking think to do that. I, like, I, like I would, I would, if I were a fighter, I'd fight like like um uh, uh Nick Diaz or Nate Diaz. I'd just be slapping people, <laughs> slapping you in the ear and shit. Hey. But but you're, you, it doesn't even make sense to me what you were doing. But it looked horrible for the other guy. Yeah, I, I've uh, been working on that specific elbow with Coach Oyama uh, for a while, and I have a lot of success with it. And uh, I don't know, if loosening up in the third round felt like a good time to throw it. Yeah, the other guy's face is great. Kelleher's face is great. Like, he doesn't even know what the fuck is happening. He's just running backwards like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, have you ever seen anyone else do that, use an elbow like a jab? Um. That up, that up one I was thinking, not really on the yeah. left side. I see it like Anderson Silva threw it like on the right side off a right hand and then stepped through with it um, against Tony Frick, Fricklin back in the day. So that's, I feel like it's kind of similar to that, but it's the it's the lead arm instead. Yeah, it was it, it was it was crazy. 
It was crazy. Um, one of the guys yeah. compa- in, in your early fights compares your pressure to uh, Tony Ferguson. Cool. Your pace. Okay. Yeah, that is cool, right? That's that's yeah. I mean, Tony, that's Tony's a, the man. Tony yeah. is the man. I never heard. I never heard that one. So uh, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, he was comparing your pace. To, what what is um, how how good is your uh your cardio? Have you have you ever got gassed in the ring? Um, I I used to always get so mad because I like do you know I've always been like a cardio machine and I feel like you always get tired in there. Five 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 minute rounds are. That's a lot to be fighting for five minutes. You see most street fights, those things last like 15, 30 seconds, you know? Right, Super right. quick. People get gassed out, and, you know, we got it's, it's a long time in there. So I, I realize, like, you're, you're going to get tired, but the better shape you're, you're in, you can recover faster. So we really we really focus on that, on the recovery time, especially that one minute in between or, you know, getting to positions that I feel like I can, I can recover better in. But I've always had so much confidence in my cardio, and that's why I feel like I can, like, keep keep that kind of pressure because I know – that it's going to wear wear on my uh, opponents, you know, before or more than it's going to wear on me. It seems like it's the worst thing that could happen to you in a ring, besides getting knocked oh, out, running out of gas, right? Oh, get, being tired and getting beat up, like and not being able to like make the right moves because your legs feel like they weigh, you know, an extra hundred pounds, or your arms do, or you feel like you can't get out of position because you're tired. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to be that 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 type of fighter for sure. Yeah, I can't remember who I was interviewing, but they basically said that they've been, they were so gassed one time that they were seeing punches come in that they could have easily dodged, but they just couldn't get their body to do it. Yeah, that sounds fucking horrible. It it sounds like one of those dreams where you're where you're trying to fight someone, but but your punches feel like they're going through syrup. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had that dream? Yeah, yeah, well, I have it. Like I can't close my fists all the way, and I'm like trying to punch them, and I'm like, oh, I might like getting these i'm not like getting any power on these punches that's how i feel in dreams sometimes oh good i'm glad you have those fucked up dreams too um (laughs) finally don't get mad at me uh another one of your insane weapons that just pops out of nowhere is the flying knee like you'll just be just all of a sudden your knees just up and it's high and it's vicious um, have I, but I, I never, I haven't seen one of those really connect yet. Like, like, like a Ben Askren, uh, connection. Mm-hmm. Are you looking forward to that? And is, yeah, is that I one mean, of your favorite moves? I mean, you throw them great and they come out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've landed them or just about landed a flying knee in, in so many different fights. And one of my coaches, my boxing coach gives me so much shit for it. He's like, he's like, you rock somebody that you. Instead of going in with some boxing, you go go in and miss a flying knee. But I'm like, dang, you know, that could have been a fifty thousand dollar knee, though. You know, so I'm gonna throw it. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you throw it far too. Um, you don't You don't even need to be close to you, and you'll throw it. Like you, you like it's 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 all it's always uh it's always a threat. And do are those trained too, or is that just your just your athleticism, or do you have to train the shit out of that to be that good at it? Um. I think in in the beginning it was athleticism, and then as the years got uh, as the years gone on, and you know I did practice them, and and it's you know it's gotten more technical uh, as well, and with the setups and and how to and how to throw it. When 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 you get in the ring with someone and they first feel you, um, do you have any idea what they feel like? Do you, do you think you know? Like, are they like, oh shit, he's stronger than I thought, or he's faster than I thought, or do you have any idea like what? or this is too much pressure like your opponents what is the thing that they're always probably like oh shit 
Uh, well, I hope they, they think I'm stronger than they thought because uh, I, I honestly feel like I'm one of the strongest bandwidths in the world. Um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what they're thinking, but I hope when I'm lifting them up in a double leg, they're thinking, oh, shit, this guy's strong. Yeah, it, se- <laughs> it seems like you, pick, you can just about pick up anyone anytime. <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes, especially in the cage. Like, like yeah. <laughs> pick them up, run them over to my corner. Yeah, is that you do do that? Yeah, I've seen you do that in fights. Why do you do that? So just is is that show or is that so that you can be close to your your guys or what's the deal with that? I don't know. I'm just watching like Randy Couture and like um, who was that? Um, probably Matt Hughes. I, I watched them both do that when I was super young. So I always loved flaring double legs, running running over to my corner. And why why not? Like it's so discouraging for. For, has to be for the other guy to for me to pick him up and run him over to my coaches and then my coaches are all like chirping at him talking some shit and, and while I'm <laughs> face, so I like that <laughs> they do do that in the UFC the, the coaches will chirp at the other guys I mean depending I, if you got Tyson Nam in your corner like I do sometimes oh yeah for sure <laughs> like 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 you'll punch a dude in the face and he'll be like damn that dude got fucked up or something like that or yeah yeah yeah. Oh, he didn't like that. Oh, we'll give him another one. Like, you know, right. Stuff like that. You know, <laughs> yeah, it could be some along those lines. Um, you you fought two fight in the UFC. You fought two fights in a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, did yep. did, did, did you a, like? That was a fun time. Did you like that? Yeah. Tell me about that. Did you like that? Um. Yeah, there was like some definitely some positives to it. Like I was already in shape. I didn't have to go through a crazy grueling training camp. Um, but on the downside of it, I just fought. My body was banged up. And then I was in Abu Dhabi, so I had to make a long flight right back home. And I fought like within like three weeks or so, something like that. So it was just like, you know, kind of, you know, uh, my body was a little banged up and everything. But I mean, I just felt like I was ready to go and, um, you know, didn't take much injuries from the fight before. And I thought I could, could make it and get the win in the next fight. You know, I thought it was a good matchup against Brian Kelleher. So, um, yeah. And so I got, you know, paid twice in, in a month, month's time. And so I, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad I got to experience that. And, um, you know, I'd be open to something like that again in the future. And you got a house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a <laughs> stack of these UFC paychecks. <laughs> When when you go into the Kelleher fight, do you have any aches and pains from the previous fight three weeks earlier? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely did, definitely did. But um, like I said, uh, that fight was in the first one was in Abu Dhabi, and the second was in Vegas. So I, you know, I gotta like uh, hang out at the UFC PI for for that last week and and uh, get get some recovery going and felt good once the fight uh, approached do you take it what what are the things you think about when you take the fight do you think okay this is the the um burns um uh uzman uh card and this is a good card to be on uh it's extra money um i think i can beat brian kelleher like what what are the what i don't want to say no to the ufc what are what are the pieces that go into making that decision definitely all of those and uh i mean i got the fight offer when i was walking out of the cage from that the previous fight in abu dhabi my manager ran up to me and he's like we you want to get that brian kelleher fight in three weeks and jason house runs up to you and asks you that yeah like right right after right after he's like because because i had just called him out on the mic 
And so I was, he's like, hey, you just called him out. The UFC saying, if you want to do, if you want to run that one, because we we had been matched up so many times that and the fight had um, wow. fallen off. So, uh, wow. so yeah, it kind of it kind of happened super quick. Like you're not joking. Like literally, you fucked this dude up. You're coming out of the ring. You still got people's blood and and spit on you, and 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 you're walking back to, to backstage, and he says that to you. You want that fight? Yeah. And what did you say? Yeah, and uh, um, I was like, I just got to see how like my body is because like I had a couple couple things, you know. And then um, I think uh, we got back to the hotel and uh, he got a couple beers in me. And then I was just like, yeah, let's do it. Three weeks. And then, <laughs> and then that, that's kind of that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. What was it like being on that card? <laughs> was, was that a unique experience because that was such a huge fight? Yeah, um, I was actually, I think I was supposed to be on the prelims, and then Bobby Green had some um, medical issues, and so I got bumped to, uh, Brian and I got bumped to the pay-per-view portion of the card, and that, it just seemed like it worked out great. It seemed like, you know, it was, you know, I took the fight on, like, you know, shorter notice, and got the bump, and got got, got more eyes on the fight, and, you know, it, it was cool. It was cool. I've been on pay-per-view uh, a couple times now, so it's always, I think it's always better and uh, you get more viewers when you get that slot. Yeah, you definitely are popping up into people. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I the numbers must be. I'm guessing the numbers must be so different. I mean, I watch the early prelims and the prelims and the fight, and then if I don't get to see them, I go back and watch them. I sit on a on an assault bike and watch them. But I think most people just get the pay per view. And that I think that's like yeah, the only way to, like to, it, to, yeah. to to yeah I think that's the only way. I mean it's sure that hard yeah and it's crazy I mean you see this fight that you're fighting against Jack Shore this could be like if people just knew who you two were this would this could be a fucking massive pay per view event they just don't know but this is a fucking this is not this is a gnarly fight this is a huge fight. But 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 since you're you're you know what I mean I mean like this could be in in, in uh, if you guys didn't meet up here in two years this could be, or a year this could be the championship fight and it could be fucking sell a million pay per views it's just nuts I wonder if they think about that when they make when they make the fights yeah I mean they have so much going into it for sure I mean they and I feel like they do a pretty good job at it Dana and Mick and and Sean Shelby do a, a great job on the matchups but. Um, but I mean, hopefully, hopefully after this, after this, uh, Jack short fight, cause I, I'm actually going back in, in the rankings a little bit. He's ranked 14. I'm ranked 12. So hopefully w- with the win over him, I can get someone in the top 10 and, and start making, making the climb more towards like, um, number one contender fight or something, you know? Yeah. C- can I see Caleb, can you pull up the rankings? Like if I'm them, I don't know who would you, are you glad you're fighting him? Who would you have liked to have fought? Um, I would have liked to have fought um, Frankie Edgar. I had called for that fight. I would have liked a rematch with uh, Marab um, since that was his last loss, and he's ranked number six. Um, and or uh, the Sean O'Malley fight would have been great because there's been talks about that for a while. But but Jack Shores, that's a tough fight, sixteen and zero. Um, and you know, I'm not. I've never been one to like pick and choose the fights. You know, the UFC calls me for a fight, and I'm down. 
Yeah, I I think that I don't think O'Malley's a, a, a um I think it would be a mistake for them to have you fight O'Malley. I would just like let that one keep building. I would have let this Jack Shore keep building. And you're right, this I would Frankie Edgar or or Marab would have been awesome. Um, and then later on, meet Jack Shore towards the top. Why um is Frankie Edgar even fighting? Uh, he's been out for a little bit now since that knockout. I think right. Yeah, I, I feel like I haven't seen him fight forever. For some reason, I thought he even moved to like the PFL or some shit. I thought he. Oh dang! No, I didn't hear that for sure. Yeah, it's a um, it's I, and and I don't think uh I don't think Sean O'Malley should even be ranked higher than you. I don't think he's fought the kind of people you fought either. Well, he fought oh, one. Is he and he lost. Where's he at? Is this the UFC rankings? Maybe this isn't the UFC rankings. Is this UFC or just like a total bantamweight? This might not even be the UFC rankings. There's there's a few different different rankings out there, but on the last time I looked on the UFC rankings, I was ranked one slot ahead of it. But what what ranked opponent did he beat? Who who Sean? I don't think he, I don't think he beat no. Him. I, yeah. I never know. I know. I, I mean, I I never know anyone of the. I've never heard of anyone who who he's fought except for the guy who beat him, Cheeto. Yeah. Man, what was Cheeto's last fight? He was savage. Who, who was that? Was against the Raw Font. Oh yeah, that was nuts. That was a great one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how how was how was the experience with Contender Series? It was it was great. I mean, I had a great time doing it. I I was like, picture myself walking through those doors that um you know that the Ultimate Fighter guys walked through. So just that experience, um I don't know, was awesome. But there was a lot of pressure. You get that one chance to like get in there and uh, and right fight right in front of the bosses. So it's kind of a lot of pressure. But sorry, I get my charger. My phone's about to die. You're a good dude. Hey, um. Have you ever been kicked in the cup? Oh yeah, oh yeah, several times. I think I got my opponent uh, that, that last fight pretty good, actually. I drilled him like right off the bat. I felt bad, and I had like a dent in my shin from it. I was like, "Dang, I know that was a good nut shot too." Oh my, wow, that on, that's on me. That's on me. My bad. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so it hurts. The cup doesn't protect shit. I mean. It definitely protects, but I mean, it still hurts. I'm mean, still getting that pressure. You're still getting the leg coming up or whatever, you know. I got scissor kneed by Alex Soto and Titan FC. He did like a flying scissor knee and kneed me right in the nuts. And uh, yeah, that was probably, I, I, I dropped down. I took a knee. I never, that never happened to me before, but I took a knee. I was like, whoa, hold on, hold on. Hey, and so it's because uh, like I've never been kicked in the nuts, but you know, like the nuts can be like a really sensitive area. Like something can just touch it like that. And, and it feels like you're going to throw up, you know? So it's like that you're in the ring and your fucking testicles, you just have that stomach ache, testicle smash feeling and, and, and you're supposed to get up and fight, but you just can't. Yeah. Yeah. But you get, you get a, I think you get up to like five minutes, you know, to recover from that. But God. yeah, it's not, it's not definitely not fun. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. It's, it's like, uh, and I can never tell, I just can't imagine being in there and that happening. And then not like, I just would want to go home. Okay. I'm done. I'll see you guys tomorrow. But, but, but you got to get, but you got to just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's not stopping, it's not stopping us. Uh, do you actually wait till it's better or are you just like, 
fuck it. I think sometimes I don't, I don't like waiting. Like as, as long as, as long as it's like, like, I'm not like, it's not stopping me too much, but like, um, with the pressure I bring and, you know, I'm trying to like, you know, exhaust my, my opponents, you know, to, to a certain point. So I'm not trying to give them any free time off, you know? Right. Are, do you think that you're mostly in better, like, do you have the mindset that you're in better shape than your opponents? Yeah, usually I think so. I think so. I, I, I don't really, it's not like I'm counting, counting. I mean, I, I do feel like I, I train that hard and I'm, I'm always doing extra to make sure that, you know, my cardio is always good. So I just, I don't know if I, I think like, oh, it's definitely going to be better than this, but I know I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get like, I'm not going to get more tired than him. It, it usually, in, in my opinion. When, um, when I first started watching fighting, uh, I, I, and I saw the first Colby Covington fight, that was like the first time I'd ever understood what pressure was. Like I just saw the pressure he put on someone and I just, I just couldn't even fucking believe it. Same with the mighty mouse. I would see him do that in the early days. The pressure was nuts. Um, in, in your weight class, it's, it's, it's for real, right? Like both guys, it, it, it seems like at least everything under 155 and under the, the pressure is just, it's just relentless. 25 minutes of relentless pressure. Yeah, that's how it seems. I feel like, especially in my weight class, everybody is like strong and fast and has good cardio and they're explosive from these positions. And it's kind of like all of it, you know? And you don't, you don't see a lot of guys get like getting too gassed out like in, in some of the other weight classes, you know? Like you could tell that they, they get tired, but they're still they still have like more of that explosive pop in the, in their strikes and in their, in their grappling throughout the rounds. Are, are you familiar with this term pain cave? Do they uh, use uh, that? What? Sorry. Pain, the, the term pain cave. Are you familiar with that term? The pain cave? Uh, no, I've no. Heard that. So, so, pain so cave. yeah, the pain cave, it, it's, um, it's like when you push, like if you get on one of those assault bikes, and you just push yourself uh-huh. so hard that like it, you're starting to feel like you're going to throw up. It's, 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 it's a, it's a CrossFit. Ter- I think it's a CrossFit term. At least that's where I hear it the most. It's just a really, really dark spot. Cardio wise, like shit starts getting, re- and then when you're done, um, you, you don't feel good for like 30 or 40 minutes. You don't feel like yourself. You feel like maybe you'd hurt yourself on accident. It, it's bad. Oh yeah. And, I know and, what you're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're right. Being a wrestler. Yeah. So you, you, so you've gone there. Like something's not right. Like you're like taking inventory, like, like, like maybe you have the flu or something. You pushed yourself into this weird spot and it goes away usually like in 30 minutes or an hour. Um, how often do you go there in your training? Is that, is that, do you go to some pretty dark places? Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like I, I get to that feeling. It could be, it could be in a conditioning workout. It could be in a grappling workout. It could be in sparring settings. But it seems like whenever there's like, um, like a lot of like, like a lot of conditioning, like uh, shark tanks and, and stuff like that, I feel like I can get there. Like your head, even like your head will start tingling or your ears will close up. Like it, yeah, yeah, it definitely feels like, it. especially with my uh, strength coach Jess Moore over at Champ Camp. I mean, he he he's been working with me for about five years now, and he he's definitely taken me to that spot a couple times, but. I think we do a good job of not overdoing it, but, um, but like doing that enough where we're peaking at the right times. Yeah. What, what is the, the nastiest thing that they have you do there? Like, if you see, like, do you know what a Versa climber is? 
Damn, I don't know if it's our connection or what right now. But do you know yeah, what? Like what's a like a robot like I was earlier? Uh, what's oh, the what's the what's the nastiest machine you guys use over there? What's like? Do you see like you're like oh shit, we're gonna do this today? Is it like the Versa climber or the bike or the rower? Is there something like you're like oh this thing's gonna kick my ass? Did you hear any of that? Dang, sorry, man. I, no, I, it's, I, okay. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, do you know what a Versa climber is? A Versa climber. It's like this machine. You stand in it and you go like this. Do you know that machine? The Versa climber. I'm still breaking up like a robot. Oh, good. You're going to show him, Caleb. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what that okay. machine is right there? Let me see it. Can you see it? It's called, it's called the Versa climber. Do you guys use that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, over at the, they have one. I got one at the gym and they use them over at the PI. Those things are mean. Yeah, that that thing's yeah. horrible. I didn't realize it was so expensive. Fifty two hundred uh, bucks. Hey, click on that one, Caleb. I I want that. Bill Henniger, will you send that to me? Jeez, Louise. Well, um, I'm so excited for your fight, Ricky. Thank you for your time. I've had you for an hour and sixteen minutes. You the man. Yeah, heck yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. It was great to talk to you. Great to meet Great, Great to finally meet you. Yeah, great to meet you too. Uh, I'll definitely be watching, and if there's anything I can ever do for you, let me know. All right, sounds good. Appreciate it, All right, it, man. dude. Yep, have a good day. Yep. Bye-bye. And we're off like a prom dress. Oh, you switched locations. Yeah, the Wi-Fi was shitty at the coffee shop. I don't know. I couldn't find my groove today. I couldn't find my groove. We didn't get one story. Good, good. I, did we get any good stories? Did we get anything like, yeah, my dad used to beat me, and that's why I fight? <laughs> Definitely not one of those. But that story about the him coming in, doing like a three-week notice fight right after, that's pretty wild. Oh, good. Okay, I'm glad. I don't think very many people you. would do that. It's fucking nuts. I don't think I don't think as a fan either. I realize uh, the demand it puts on the guys. Oh, it's crazy! Like you, you if he had to travel like that, then he's basically recovering for two of the weeks. Gets like a week of training, and then has to go back to like start cutting and getting back into the like fight weight again. Especially if he was fighting at one thirty-five. Oh, right! I didn't even think about the weight cut again. Damn. Because, yeah, if he's going to go out and start drinking, he probably already gained 20 pounds just from when he was uh, after he did his first weight cut. I'm uh, I'm looking at that thread we're on. It's so funny. It's crazy. That the thread from uh, the weekend from from syndicate. Yeah, it's so yeah. funny. Some of the comments on there are so fucking funny. <laughs> I woke up this morning with like. 50 notifications I was like holy shit somebody's pissed um i need to contact travis bellinghausen i wonder if i had do, do you have his number that's the guy that makes the shirts for Hiller. oh there that's the guy that makes the shirts for uh for hiller yeah i i dm with him all the time oh will you ask him for his phone number yeah did you yeah, see no. that did i send you an image of that new shirt i want to make <laughs> yeah that's crazy right that would be pretty dope i like that yeah that would be fucking nuts oh you know what i do have his number 
Okay, great. Maybe he'll, maybe he's listening and he was he was on here. I know. I know we lost him. I know we lost him. I don't know what news am I supposed to share today? Man, I I, I do think there's going to be a lot of I think there's a lot of crazy uh news uh coming down the pipeline. I think a lot of people think that they know what the crazy news is, but I don't think Travis Bellinghausen, you are being summoned to aisle six. We have a cleanup. We have a cleanup. A child has peed on aisle six. Did you ever work at a store like that? I used to work at a uh, the grocery store. I worked at a uh, it, my, mine was like a like a, a a pharmacy, like a CVS. It was called Drug Barn. It was like part Costco, part like you know Longs or CVS. Did you ever work no. at one of those? No, I didn't. I used to teach children swim lessons, and there was a lot of accidents in the. <laughs> in and around the pool we would do the most fucked up shit like i would wonder uh i would wonder what would happen like if you mixed bleach like with liquid drano and um wd-40 and like i would wonder what would happen and i'd put them i'd put the boxes next to each other and then take a box cutter and cut them and let them slowly drip out uh, on the aisle next to each other and then there'd be a fucking cloud of gas that would start forming that could probably you know like it's probably like chemical warfare and, and the manager would have to and the manager would have to clear the store the whole oh store god. would get cleared i mean i was 16 i was just i didn't even think i was just oh th- th- god and i wouldn't even think like i was doing something wrong you know what i mean i was just like just a rock yeah. yeah just experimenting i wonder what happens if i slice open this clorox beach box right next to this liquid drano right next to like some other fucking product and then the chemicals would be pouring out on the floor together and then i'd be like oh shit and it'd be like fucking a hole burning in the floor and yeah that's what it was called it was called drug barn it was called drug barn it was um it was before i'd ever even seen a costco and like we sold shit in bulk it was a trip is that like where like all the local restaurants would pick up all their supplies? And stuff? No, no, it was oh. still just fucking. It was still no. Well, maybe shit. I don't know. But man, you could do some fucking funny shit when you have access to so much stuff. They said one time that uh, like five percent of the inventory was missing, and I knew it was from all the kids who lived who worked there. And and oh. like. Like like there were these three guys who worked there and they were like fucking baseball card fanatics, dude. The craziest. They were so into fucking baseball. So they would have their friends come in and fill a whole shopping cart with thousands and thousands of dollars worth of boxes of baseball cards and then like only charge them like a dollar and just shit like that. Did you guys have like the mechanical registers or did or did Yes, you yes, it? you type you typed in everything by like, yeah, uh, 295, 152. Yeah, it was dope. And it made all sorts of cool noises. We didn't sell drug I know, no, we didn't sell we was just called drug barn. I know it's a weird name, right? Drug barn. Man, it was it was fucking crazy. I I didn't really steal from there. Like I, I at lunchtime, like if I was hungry, like I would like cut open like like you know, like a bag of beef jerky on accident. While I was like stalking it and then put it in like the, you know, there's like, like a, a, a bin for like damage and I'd do that. The I think, I think one time I took a, stole a bottle. I was going to uh, Mexico for like a senior trip in high school and I stole a bottle of like cologne, Dracar to, I don't even know why the fuck I did that. You smell good for the foreign ladies. Yeah. It was stupid. But I, but, but I enjoy, but I, but I also didn't judge the guys who did it. I was like, yeah, it, it, we were just young and dumb. Young young boys have to be watched. Young boys, young boys need a lot of instruction and discipline, or else we just do shit. We don't even think about what the like. 
You know what I mean? Like someone could just have a dozen eggs and just be like, hey, let's throw these eggs at that car and we just do it. Like no one's like, oh, that might be my girlfriend's dad's car or that's yeah. not nice. No one's thinking that. There was always like I a, never did. There's always a massive like dirt mound uh, next to like a baseball field. Uh-huh. And we would just like all of us would get there were just always dirt clods and we just throw them at each other. And then it, we some of us would use it as a ramp. Uh-huh. And then we just ramp off the dirt, the dirt thing. And then everybody would like throw dirt clods at you. You mean like talking. while you were on your bike, you would ride it on your yeah. bike? Yeah, you ride your bike over the hill. Yeah. And then other yeah. People, like your friends would just be throwing dirt clods at you the whole time. Horrible idea. But no one's like, hey, you might get hit in the head and like and fucking die. No one, no one's wearing that. helmets. No helmets yeah. whatsoever. Um, same, same with BB guns. Like we would get start getting into BB gun wars. And like no one's like, hey, oh. guys, this is a bad idea. And then someone's nah. fucking shot and the fucking BB's lodged in their hand and they're screaming. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. There was a dude that I went to college with. He had like part of his retina was missing because a BB got lodged in his eye. Like it was complete. Like you could see like it was just a cut, perfect circular cutout next to his eye. Did his eye still work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there was a kid in high school. He's in the grade younger than me. And uh, I remember the boys were throwing the tops to like Pringles cans or tennis ball cans or something. For some reason, they had a bunch of tops, those steel tops to cans. And they were flinging them at each other and fucking – one dude fucking got hit in the eye and fucking sliced his eye, fucking lost sight in his eye. I was like, oh, oh, shit. but but no, but no one's ever thinking of that shit. Yeah, right. It's like this is just fun. All right, uh, tomorrow uh, we I think we have Annie Thor's daughter on. I think so. Let me see. Uh, tomorrow, seven a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, we have uh, Annie Thor's daughter on. Uh, then on Thursday, we have David Lucas on from uh, Kill Tony. Uh, and Friday we have Athena Perez. Oh, here's something you guys should know. I'm having Athena Perez on and she has a book. If you want to get ahead of the game, we're going to talk about this book. Um, let me, are are you going to pull it up? Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and it's an audio book also. I highly recommend everyone get this book, start listening to it. It's a fabulous story. Athena has a seminar that she's testing in beta right now. Um, there's a link on all of the seven uh, podcast uh, newsletters at the bottom. Um, I forget what the seminar is called, but it's basically a seminar on how to work with large-bodied people, uh, lifting the weight. Yeah. This is a fucking remarkable uh, human being, Athena Perez. Uh, she has so many um, – uh, she's super talented, so many fascinating uh, 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 qualities. She's she's extremely pleasant. She's, she's a woman of the highest integrity. I, I re- I've been friends with her a long time, um, and, uh, and, and we've hit it off. Uh, and so I'm really stoked. This book's been out for a while. Um, she I, had, I bought the paperback and then never read it and then got the audio book, and I'm, I'm going through it. And she reads it. She also has an extremely uh, beautiful voice. So she will be on Friday. We'll be talking about uh, her journey in the book, but we'll also be talking about her new seminar. And uh, I'm excited. The seminars, uh, how, I think the seminars, not only if you are a large bodied person and you want to um, uh, train, there's tips for you in there, but it also teaches you how to work with, with larger people or people who just aren't, who are just in really, really uh, probably bad shape. And, uh, kind of like the L one you can, you like a lot of people think it's for coaching, but it's, but it's not, it's not just for coaching. It's, it's well, it's for coaching yourself. Everyone should take that also. Oh, here it is. Okay. Athena Perez builds uh, a morning chalk up article, uh, from April 10th, 2022. Athena Perez builds course aimed at educating coaches about working with large bodied athletes. And she's kind of, uh, she's kind of my, um, mentor in check, 
um, sometimes to because you guys know that I can kind of go off on uh, large body people, start calling them fat and just fucking lose my mind. So it, it, having someone her in my circle to fucking keep me in check is important, important. And, 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 I, and I respect her, uh, her humility and her ego to be able to deal with my fucking lack of humility and monster ego. All right, guys, uh, we will see you tomorrow. Um, oh, I will be having uh, Scott Pancheck on in a couple hours to talk about uh, the rope climb incident. No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, wouldn't you guys like that? All right. Uh, so I'll see you guys tomorrow at 7 a.m. I, I said that in our thread joking, and no one, no one picked up on it. That was that was that that was more just to kind of irritate uh, Mr. Friend a little bit. I thought maybe that would get under his skin a little bit. All right, guys. Uh, oh, one one more final thing. I don't know what we're going to do this weekend in regards to. Uh, I started the show off talking about this. What we're going to do in regards to the semifinals this weekend? Uh, at at worst, um, the show half the shows will have to be manned uh, without me, and so they'll be. Um, those are the ones you probably want to watch because there won't be any cursing or dirty jokes in them. Um, but uh, we will be doing something. I just don't know what. Um, all right. I will talk to you guys later. Caleb, thanks for checking in. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>